Welcome to our podcast, Doing It Right. This podcast reveals authentic stories from successful leaders doing it right. It's about their journey to become a leader, their choices, motivations, and lessons. In essence, how they built successful personal brands. Your host is Valerie Sokolowski, author of eight leadership books and nationally known as an authority on executive presence and personal branding. Let's get started. Here's Valerie. You know, you hear the word lobbyist, I have for years, but I never really understood what a lobbyist does until I met my guest today. I wanted to understand really, what do you do when you're a lobbyist? How do you become a lobbyist? And then on top of that, we've got so much chaos going on in Washington. I thought, well, you know, trust is an, at an all-time low. So I asked a veteran lobbyist who um, has been in her role for over 25 years, Mary Jackson. So let me tell you a little bit about her before she tells us exactly what she does, what it is, and uh, maybe bust some myths about being a lobbyist. So Mary spent the first 25 years at Cash America. She's uh, been with this company for a long time, and that's the largest pawn shop company with over a thousand locations. She served on various financial service uh, company boards, has worked in the UK, Mexico, and Canada during her career. And then four years ago, Mary started her own public affairs firm, Jackson Vaughn, uh, and that was when they were helping clients navigate the federal and the state government projects. Because of her stellar reputation in the industry, she was recently asked to serve as the CEO of the Online Lenders Alliance, the first fintech trade association in Washington. Mary, what is fintech? <laughs> Well, Valerie, thanks for having me today. So I really appreciate you reaching out. Um, well, fintech is really the combination of financial services and technology. Um, you know, if you think of banking, you know, you would go to your bank, you'd fill out a lot of forms, and they would then let you know in a couple of days whether you um, uh, would qualify for a loan. Mm -hmm. Well, now people want to do everything on their phone. Sure. They want to okay. bank, they want to deposit a check, uh, they want to apply for money. So now what you've seen is this tremendous growth in the financial financial services sector on companies that are using really technology, data, analytics to be able to serve customers. So the combination of fin financial and technology is what we call fintech. Mm -hmm. It just made the Merriam-Webster's dictionary of a word. Really? Uh, yeah. So um, it's, yeah, very exciting. And then as far as being a lobbyist, I love what I do. I'm passionate about it. <laughs> it is about really um, just educating people on a variety of different issues. So. Okay, so I know enough to be really dangerous. I know it's about persuading members of government, right, to enact legislation and, and to be an advocate for a particular group and, and even to educate members of Congress. But tell us from the minute you have your cup of coffee in the morning to you lay your probably tired head down at night, what are you really doing? Take me through the day as if I'm in your pocket. Right. Well, let's say um, something gets filed in legislation. Like what? Oh, let's take example. Let's just do something silly. Okay, silly. So a city wants to enact the fact that they have a problem with loose dogs and homeless dogs, and they're running through the city. We, we've had that in where I live. 
And uh, let's just say the city says, listen, all these dogs have to be adopted. Everyone has to adopt a dog. <laughs> well, now you're going to have everybody going, what? Uh, that's a great idea. I'd love to adopt a dog. Uh, that's a bad idea. I have small kids. I don't trust dogs. Uh, I'm allergic to dogs. You're going to have everybody come to City Hall and voice their opinion on why this is a, a bad or good idea. And that's what a lobbyist does. We bring data and information to policymakers so they can get it right, or that at least they can become balanced. Mm -hmm. So um, someone would contact me and say, hey, we have an issue. Can you help us with it? We sit down. We do an evaluation on what the issue is. Is how it might be, um, how we might be able to influence the outcome, um, and we might tell a client. Well, we will tell a client that um, this is you've got a good shot of doing this, or you've got a bad shot. A lot of times, it has to do with the politics. A lot of times, it has to do with something really ridiculous that a client might be asking for. Um, it just kind of depends, but it really is about assessing what we can do uh, through a government relations lens uh, for people, um, and then coming up with that assessment. And some projects are short term, uh, and some projects take years. Like, to do anything in Congress, unfortunately, takes a good solid 10 to 12 years. Does it really? Uh, oh, yeah. It doesn't happen overnight. Congress moves very slow on a lot of issues. And if you look at the number of bills that the House passed this past year, I think they were close to 5,000 bills. And then it goes to the Senate, and it just, er, it stops <laughs> right there. So, um, yeah, so federally, it's a little bit more difficult. At the state level, you might have a two- or three-year runway to get something done. And again, it just depends on what that is. So what's made you, you've been doing this a long time, mm -hmm. what's made you successful? Um, well, when I think about my early career, um, I took a lot of initiative. Um, everywhere I worked, even before I became a lobbyist, if something needed to get done, I got it done. And I was, might not have been asked, but maybe it was in my wheelhouse or kind of in my wheelhouse. I had the pro My problem is I have a lot of good ideas, and I have a lot of initiative. So I think uh, anyone who's listening, to be successful, you have to kind of take initiative and have to see what gets done. Sure. Um, the other thing is just be genuine, you know. Um, I think my success has been around people just see me as a genuine person. And I also, when I talk to people, I tell them kind of the, what I'm asking for. And then I kind of tell them the downside of what they have to be mindful of in helping them make a decision on where they're going to be. And I much rather know when somebody is with me or not with me. What and do you I, mean by that? Well, if I'm working on a project, I'm really needing to get a bill passed through a legislative body. I need to know my vote count. I need to know, am I going to be successful? From the person you're talking to, yeah, the or, congressman. So there's 435 members of Congress, 100 senators. Uh, once we're working something and we know it's going to go to a vote, we kind of have to know, is it going to win? Or is, are we going to win? Are we going to fail? Sure. And we just have to know. And, and members will tell you, Mary, I'm with you. No, sorry, I can't vote for this. And so we, we just kind of look for what that success might look like. So I like the fact that uh, you're giving us some of your attributes. How hard has it been, really, to maintain your your sense of truth and right and doing it right mm -hmm. and um, and not be swayed to maybe something that the public says, yeah, well, that's just a lobbyist, because that's what you hear. It is. Yeah, so uh, lobbyists have gotten a bad rap. They and, have. Um, but it's like any industry. You know, we have bad plumbers out there. We have bad electricians. <laughs> we have bad car repair guys. We have bad insurance salesmen. We we had Bernie Madoff. He was, you know, horrible, right? right. Uh, but there's a lot of good people out there. Same thing with the lobbyists. I work uh, with a lot of different lobbyists. 
Um, I get to attend events with them. There's a camaraderie amongst lobbyists, and we all are we all are aware that it's important to have people trust what you say and that you bring accurate data to them uh, so they can make decisions. If you are caught lying, mm -hmm. um, if you're caught um, saying something you shouldn't, um, it's really hard to repair your uh, career um, because all of a sudden people go, oh, you know, she's, she's not who she says she is or she'll lie mm -hmm. to get what she wants and that's just bad and that would be sure. in, any business. in any business. So lobbyists really have to be careful and uh, they have to exercise good judgment, and they really should stay true and genuine on what they're working on, and they'll be more successful. Um, you'll be more successful with the truth than you are with a lie. And that's, well, in, that's in anything in life, though. That's true, and yeah. you won't last 25 years if you uh, Yes, don't. exactly. I remember, I'll tell you a little story. So um, years ago, I went into a Congress member's office, and I visited with a staffer, and she was brand new from uh, Chicago. Um, came to Washington and she had a very dim view of lobbyists and uh, I went and visit with her well ten years later I run into her at an event and she said so Mary Jackson she came up to me she was so excited so excited to meet see me and I was like couldn't really remember who she was <laughs> and I you know visited with her and she said you changed my mind about lobbyists in DC I said what and uh, she said, yeah, she said, you, you were so good about showing the pros and the cons of an issue and it educated me that when you left that room, I thought, you know what, lobbyists aren't so bad after all. And that was, again, just a nice uh, reinforcement that I have done a um, pretty good job of um, working as a lobbyist and bringing truth or education to, to people so they can make a decision. Well, that's why you're on the show, thus doing it right. <laughs> yes, that's what true. Is, what's your biggest win? What are you the most proud of in your career? Um, Again, you know, I could probably get into projects and, you know, when we had a, you know, we passed something in the house or we got a bill done in a particular state. But really the biggest win is um, looking over a 30-year time span in a career and still having the passion mm. to do what I do. Um, it's really important for me to uh, be effective in my role, and I'm not bored yet. So I think truly it's about maintaining that passion, um, staying on top of issues. You know, you asked me, what do, what do I do first thing in the morning? Um, I look at the news. I have to kind of stay current on news. Yeah, take us through um, that day. I have to look at all the information that's coming in on in our industry, who's saying what. I need to look at all the bills that have been filed, you know, like is there something new out there that we have to react to? Um, and then if there is something, then we have to kind of start pulling together information so we can have that, that information to either counteract or support something. Um, I have to work with lots of different people, different lobbyists, uh, different industry people, um, getting a consensus built. Um, like I said, there's 435 members of Congress. You have to meet with their staff. Not all of them, because there's committee structures. But like the House Financial Services Committee has, you know, 50 members, both Republican and Democrat. And I think you also have to understand when you're talking to people, um, you're not bringing your personal views to something. You're bringing information and data. Okay. Um, and you have to talk to Republicans and Democrats equally. Um, you might cater your conversation to something that they might be more 
passionate about themselves mm -hmm. and trying to kind of focus on that. Uh, Republicans are more pro, not pro-business, but really pro-economy. You know, is this is this proposal going to cost business money? Democrats are going to worry about maybe consumer protection or some other things. Mm -hmm. So you kind of balance your conversation. And I think when you work with people, you have to just be listening. Listening. It's really, it's really important to listen. Yeah. <laughs> I just did a workshop yesterday on uh, influencing without authority. Mm -hmm. Great topic, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. And we covered listening because people don't listen today. Do you know the statistics now on how how short our time our uh, uh, focus is mm -mm. that of a goldfish. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> think about that one. Yeah, yeah. You know, because Which is we're about the, a zero, probably. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. About five or six seconds. So, okay, you put your coffee cup down. You've read all of this. You take your billfold or your purse and materials, and now where do you go? Um, well, it could be a n number of conference calls, but let's say I um, I'm getting ready to go to the hill. Uh, we'll take together our position papers, um, any kind of like handouts that we want to use um, to support our cause. Uh, we might have about eight to ten meetings a day uh, where you're just really one by one by one okay. going to all these different offices. It could be Republican, it could be Democrat, it could be House or Senate. Um, you have to schedule your time where um, if you look at the way the Capitol is laid out, the House offices are on one side and then the other side of the Capitol are the Senate offices. And if you're running back and forth across that quadrant, you have to leave yourself enough time to get through there and get through security. And at the end of the day, I have to say, there's some times where I go, oh, did I say that already? Like, because it's a little bit <laughs> repetitious. Yeah, it's a little repetitious, you know. Um, but you've made appointments along yes, the way. Yes, yes. So you know yes, there's, okay. Yes, and then we might do several days of that. We might uh, not do that for a while. It just kind of depends on what the issue is. Preparing for a hearing. Uh -huh. If there's a hearing and you look at the witness list of who's going to testify, we are trying to just get information to members of Congress on what we might want to say versus what this witness would say, or maybe we're supporting the witness. It, it just really depends. It's, it's very exciting, though. It's still a great process. We have a wonderful democracy. It works, and everybody thinks like it's so bad now, but I was looking at some information back to like the 1800s where they used to have duels. They used to spit oh. on each other. Uh, one senator beat another one with a cane. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. So, so <laughs> I would tell people, don't get discouraged about our political right. process. It's everywhere. If you serve on a church board or you, you serve anywhere uh, with a bunch of people, you're going to have disagreement. And um, our government, they, we have a lot of disagreement. But at the end of the day, um, hopefully we pass some laws and we get it right. And if we don't, we go back to the drawing board. We try it again. Okay. So. What if a client, thank you, that's that. I was right with you all the way through the day. Okay, good. And I was tired at the end of the day. Uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> it, it, it's usually a long day. <laughs> what if you, uh, have you ever been asked to try to get something passed that you didn't really believe in? You, Mary. Um, I have been approached to represent people that I would not represent. Okay. So there's, there's, I think uh, most business people can turn away business when they don't feel like it's the right thing to do or hopefully, or, yeah, or just, you know, something that's not part of my personal belief system. Mm -hmm. So it'd be hard to represent something that I just really did not believe in. So. Well, that's a good thing. That's why you're still doing it. Mm -hmm. So let's say that there's a listener saying, gee, that sounds so exciting. I, I think I may consider being a lobbyist. What's the path? Is it, do you have to get an education in it? Do you, what kind of 
personality maybe? I mean, what, what would a person interested need to be thinking whether right. they're a good fit or not? So um, I never thought I'd be a lobbyist. You didn't? No. Well, what were you doing um, okay, before? When I started at Cash America, I started in marketing ah. and uh, built up the marketing department uh, for the first five years. And then we realized we needed a government affairs department to work with all the different states because states were... Um, putting out proposals there that we either liked or we didn't like, and so we needed a, a, a group to do that. And uh, so I remember the first 30 days sitting at my desk going, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> We've been there before, many right, of us. Right, yeah. Yes. I mean, it was a whole new role, right, and, mm -hmm. and something I have never done. Um, and we had an issue uh, in Florida in front of a city council, um, and the city council was um, about everyone on the panel was between 70 and 80 years old, oh. <laughs> and they wanted to limit pawn shop hours from 10 to 3 because they had some stolen property problems. So if you think about limiting a business to 10 to 3 operating hours, that's not really going to work for the pawn Too shops, good. right? So um, I went down there and worked with the local pawnbrokers, and then I, uh, I guess I was the one who was selected to go in front of the council and and lay out, you know, what a pawn shop really does, and and again the mystery around a pawn shop and stolen property, which is by the way less than one percent of all the items in the store, um, and and explain to them how it really works. And when I was done, the the chairman of the council said, Ms. Jackson, how do I open up a pawn shop? I'd like to do that. So I thought, oh, I won. I, I won this debate, oh. which I thought was really fun. Um, and that's how I got started. But to start in this career, a lot of people go the you know work on campaigns and then work for that member of Congress or senator when they get elected to office. And they might stay on the political side, raising money and doing the campaign work. Or they might go to the policy side and work in the offices on Capitol Hill, uh, working with um, you know the different committees that this member might serve on, and you know start your career there. A lot of folks leave the Hill and become lobbyists. Um, they bring with them a resume of knowing how. Congress works and they've got long-standing relationships that uh, benefit uh, either companies or trade associations that are working on projects so um, you know it's one of those careers that I think is not really uh, very prominent in terms of what am I going to do when I grow no, up no. as a young person but I got to tell you it's been so exciting it's been really fun you just light up when you say that <laughs> yeah. I mean you do yeah, you yeah. can you can feel even across here yeah well, I like people Okay, and that's an gotta, attribute. You gotta like people. You gotta and you gotta like the challenge. You know, okay. when someone disagrees with something or someone's put out a really outrageous proposal, it's more, it's challenging. It's like, oh, let me go see if I can change their mind. You know. Ah, so you fun. have to be good at influencing. Uh, yes, I think so. Uh -huh. Like people. Uh huh. Correct. And what about when things aren't going so well? Ah. Be able to what? Um, I think you have to. Uh, control your emotions because mm. it can get very emotional in terms of you can get mad, you can get angry, you, you want to tell someone how you really feel, mm -hmm. and you really can't. Mm. You really have to be even-tempered. You have to look at a situation as just a small obstacle, or maybe it's a big obstacle. Mm -hmm. But what I have found in my career is you never create an enemy. Um, because more than likely you'll end up working with them somewhere down the road. Um, I've told my children that time and time again, which is 
be careful what you do out there because you might end up, that person might be your boss one day, mm -hmm. or it might be someone who's working uh, uh, you know, a, 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 beside you in another trade association, mm -hmm. or uh, you know, the universe is kind of small when you look at these verticals, like lobbying or being in Capitol Hill. It's really a small universe up there. Mm -hmm. So, um, and I think you just have to know when to say something, when not to say something. You know, if I go into an office and they're you know, really anti the other party mm -hmm. and they're ranting and raving about stuff, I might agree with them or I might disagree with them, but I don't need to let them know that. I don't need to join that That's good. course. You kind of have to know when to say things, when to not say things. Or just say, hey, I'm, I'm sorry, you know, you're having a difficult time with that party. Um, and then I try to move the conversation to something else. I don't want to get into their fights, so mm -hmm. to speak. So I think it's important for people to know when to say something, when not to walk away if you're angry, mm -hmm. come back when you're when you're uh, feeling better about something. Um, I think really controlling your temperament uh, at times where there's high anxiety or emotion is really super important. So. I call that grace under fire. Uh -huh. Yes, it is. You well, know? Yeah, I think well, you've so. just given us what I always ask for, which are some points of view that anyone can learn from, from someone like your experience, teachable, because you probably are helping other young people when they come in and yeah, and right, I remember I remember when, you know, in the early days we'd have a bad piece of legislation get reported and we'd get so nervous about it. Oh my god, that's the end of the world. <laughs> you know, uh, and now something gets filed and I go, "Oh, okay. Well, we'll, you know, we'll get to that when we get to that and we know what to do. Let's fire up whatever we've got to fire up." And I don't get as crazy as I used to. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. Mary, are the uh are the indus are all industries um, do all industries most have lobbyists? Are there any now that are having more lobbyists than others, like pharmaceuticals, um, health? So yeah, if you're working on a major piece of legislation and if you have enough money, you can hire a lot of lobbyists to, to get your point across, right? Um, and there are, you know, the in my in my space, uh, the financial services space, the the bankers have a lot of lobbyists and some of the credit union people. Um, but they've had big pieces of legislation since uh, 2008, since the financial services crisis. There was this big piece of legislation that was passed called Dodd Frank, uh, which mm -hmm. really changed the landscape of. Um, of a lot of the banking business trickled down even to the non-bank sector and again there's a lot of proposals out there and again when you have a big calamity like the financial crisis yes um, Congress is going to act and typically it goes a little too far so now we're trying to bring it back to the center a little bit more um, which just kind of makes sense and we've had time now to see if these proposals have worked um, as they were intended or did they create another unintended consequence um, and we've seen seen some of that. So the bankers have had a lot of effort on rolling back some of this because it didn't really change the way the big banks do business. It's really the smaller banks that got caught up in, weren't responsible for the crisis, but they certainly had, uh, they, they had more regulation than they probably needed to. So, um, so yeah, so it's, uh, yeah, you can hire anybody, I guess. Um, there is a way, though, to look for who's been hired. There's a website called OpenSecrets.org. OpenSecrets.org? Uh, correct. Okay. And you can see, you know, who's hired who. Everything is open That's and transparent. Yeah. There's no secrets. Um, even if you looked up my name, you'll see, you know, who I represent. Um, and you can look by industry, you can look by specific lobbyists, you can look like um, 
by the money that was raised or spent. Uh, they do it with the members of Congress as well. So um, the Federal Election Commission collects all this documentation, then it's uh, put on this website. So it's very transparent. That's that's interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I would never have known that that you could look that up. Yeah. You you mentioned um, all the kinds of things that lobbyists are about. Is there an organization of you lobbyists like we have in my industry of executive coaching or uh, training and development? Yes, is there, there a is lobbyist a, there's a trade there's a trade association for everything. Yes, of course there is. <laughs> and I think even in the lobbyist area, I looked it up. I think there's like three or four at kind of the national level, and then states have their own trade association for lobbyists. And you know, when trade associations get together, they really try to um, look for establishing codes of conduct, best practices. Right. Um, you know, to make sure that the industry stays solid and honest. Um, all trade associations are for that benefit, to make sure that their members are doing the right thing, they're following the laws and the regulations, um, and the trade association gets the feedback from the members that, hey, this regulation is a little too much. Like, can we go try to, you know, fix this? Mm -hmm. And here's why. I can't, you know, like when healthcare went down, you know, all of a sudden we had, um, you know, changes in markets, changes in um, uh, anyone with less than 50 employees doesn't have to offer health care any longer. There's lots of change in the market. So after that all settled out, we had to figure, was this a good bill or not? And then how should we fix that? Um, so uh, trade associations are for everybody who is in a career or industry on you know, trying to make sure that um, their voice is heard and that there's a, some self-regulation. That's a good thing. Yeah, self-regulation is a good thing. Self-regulation yeah. is a good thing. I'm a big believer in self-regulation. <laughs> <laughs> I just have to ask you one final question, and it's um, what's maybe the funniest thing that you've had to experience in your career? Oh, Lord, um, the funniest or caught you by surprise. <laughs> well, you know, um, I, I, won't, I wouldn't say this was funny, but I would say that it re-established again why I've been happy in my career. Um, there were I was flying back, uh, leaving D.C. and flying back home, and I ran into two members of Congress. And there was a big brouhaha in Washington, big political brouhaha over a Supreme Court justice nominee. And uh, they were talking about it um, while I was standing there visiting with them. And I, there were two members that I haven't really seen in a long time. They said, well, Mary, what do you think? You're fair-minded. Um, you have always been balanced. You have always been honest with us. What do you think? And I got to tell you, right then oh. and there, I was like, that just kind of reaffirmed what I've told people in my career and young people when they're trying to do business that they looked at me as fair and balanced. They looked at me as someone who they trust and an opinion. And that was huge. That was huge. that was really a good thing. And these aren't folks that I there were on committees that I worked very often, you know. So I thought that was just a really nice testament to how um, I've been either perceived or I've conducted my affairs. So um, you that, know. That's really affirmation. And you know yeah. what it is even beyond that, Mary? It's um, in the branding world, personal mm -hmm. branding and what's your personal brand. I, I always just say if, you're, if you just really think about what do other people say about you, mm -hmm. when you're not in the room, right. 
maybe what do you think people say about you? But, but oftentimes you can go back and just think of those little times when someone said something nice right. about what you do in your career. Well, and, and I would tell young people today, uh, you have to dress for success, too. It's not just about what you do and what you say. It's about how you appear. Mm, your presence. Um, I, I yep. can't stress that enough. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I have two uh, children in their mid-20s. Uh, starting their careers, and they are in this um, time where people think they can wear jeans and a scruffy t-shirt to work. No, you can't. Mm. You have to dress for success. And um, still, you, still, you still have to dress for success. And even when all your other colleagues are showing up with their jeans and their t-shirts on, guess what? You're going to stand out. Mm -hmm. You're going to stand out as someone who came ready, someone who cares about their personal appearance, someone who cares about a corporate structure or how they're going to elevate this brand of a company mm -hmm. or a trade association or whatever that is to a level of professionalism. Mm -hmm. And it really is about professionalism. Um, so when you uh, asked me to come to your Do It Right show, I'm like, oh, I have a lot to talk about. I'm doing it right. <laughs> and I'm so glad you did, Mary. I, as, as long as I've known you, I still learned a few things, and I know our listeners did. It's just interesting to be able to talk to someone that's, that's um, in, the, in the throes of government as long as you have and, and hear some of these things that really go on. And you certainly have, thank you, busted some myths about what lobbying is and isn't and what it takes to be Good. so. It's a great career, and it's a, um, I, I would recommend it to anybody who likes people and has some sale acumen. So would you be willing to, if anyone wanted to know more about it, would you be willing to have them send you an email? Or sure, I'd be happy to. Um, I what have would counseled, you tell them? I have counseled many people on what I've done in my have. career. Yeah. All right, and so would you tell us what that is? Uh, well, my, uh, my email is mary at, then it's Jackson Vaughn Public Strategies, uh, the letters jvpsus.com. All right, I'm going to repeat that for those listening. Mary mm -hmm. at J, V as Valerie, P as Paul, S, Correct. U, S, Correct. dot com. That's it. Okay. I bet you'll be getting some emails. <laughs> I think that'll be great. I'd be happy to talk to somebody. All right. Mary, okay. thank you so much. Well, and thanks for having me. It was really fun. Um, and <laughs> you light up my day. You're always just thank a happy, you. happy person. <laughs> thank you. Right. So until next time, we'll have another guest who will share some really interesting points of view about how they are doing things right in whatever their career is and how it brought success to them. So until then, I'm going to offer you something, too, and that is... For 10 years, I wrote uh, articles every month for Southwest Airlines magazine, and it was always a business quiz. So if you're interested in one of the business quizzes, just email me at my name, Valerie, at ValerieAndCompany, all spelled out, dot com. That's Valerie at ValerieAndCompany.com. Just put in the subject line, send quiz. And if you want to have a specific topic that maybe I've written on, I'll be happy to find that for you too. So until next time, let's talk about what Mary just said. Stay authentic, be real, show up with a presence, and most of all, enjoy what you do. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time.
Thanks for listening. To receive Valerie's voice, free monthly leadership tips, and to learn more about her leadership programs and coaching, visit her website, ValerieAndCompany.com. Next week, we'll be here again to inspire, engage, and equip you with teachable points of view from successful leaders who have been doing it right. Until then, lead authentically.